Um, guys, thank you for joining uh, for another episode uh, on our podcast, uh, Grace Under Pressure. Today, I am joined uh, by a lovely photographer, uh, Katie. And so tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, we want to know all the things, but all just things. Yes. All right. Well, I got started in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in, gosh, 2020, I want to say right before COVID hit. Um, it was so funny. I started training over in Austin, Texas. I ended up moving back to New Mexico for school. And I I always giggle about this. So my gym, my home gym here at Zia, that's like the gym I claim, my heart, love them dearly. They had um, They had tarps. They had tarps all around the windows because we were training, but the, you know, the rules were a little funky. So we're like, well, and, um, I remember I, <laughs> I text my coach from Texas and I was like, Hey dude, this is such a weird question. Can you hit up this gym and tell them I, I'm cool so I can train here? <laughs> and they both, both of my coaches thought that was so funny. So I ended up, um, getting into Zia, of course, and that's where I'm training to this day. So I've been training since 2020. So about three years now, yeah. I am a one stripe blue belt. We love it. Yes. Um, <laughs> working, working on it. I, um, so jujitsu is what actually really got me into photography. It's super cool how that worked out. Okay. Um, I got my degree from New Mexico State University in journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy, it's agricultural communications with focus on journalism. Yes, so, well, you know, jujitsu fits right into that, you know. So no, jujitsu is really interesting. <laughs> they, had, they had no correlation with each other. But for my degree, for my journalism degree, I was required to take a photography class. And I was like, whatever, like, not super interested in taking pictures, but I do want to graduate. So, yeah. like, let's, let's get this shot. Oh, no, we the lost you. for that class. I lost was, you for a second there. Uh, you said, I think let's give it a shot is what you said. So, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. And um, one of my courses for the, or one of the assignments for that class was mm-hmm. to tell a story with pictures. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, what am I going to do this on? And at this point, I'm so sorry, you cut out again. So at this point, you were thinking, and that's when I can't cut off. <laughs> You're good. I'm so sorry. Hopefully the internet is not, it's New Mexico State internet. We'll just blame them. There we go. We'll just blame them. And decided to hop into my jujitsu gym. Okay. Because I was like, you know what would be a really cool story? People strangling each other. Like, yes. that's what we're going to do for this journalism class that had nothing to do with combat sports. Mm-hmm. So, went into my gym. Mm-hmm. I text my coach the day before, and I was like, hey, yo, Mark, if I show up with the camera, can I take pictures of the class? And he's like, yeah, of course you can. Like, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I had never been to the evening class before. Okay. So I roll up with my little, at this point, it was like super basic camera. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, guys, I train in the morning. I'm going to take your pictures. And I was super <laughs> nervous. I was so scared. I had never met these people. And this was a bunch of like higher level belts. Mm-hmm. So I, I was just so nervous. I was like, all right, hopefully, hopefully it's going to be fine. We ended up doing promotions that night. So I got oh, to take a bunch cool. of pictures of our promotion night. And then, of course, people walking the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. 
which I don't know if you're familiar. So walking the gauntlet is obviously like, you know, you take off your little gi top and people smack you with your belt. Yes. I thought this was cool. Like, you know, combat sports were like, this is so dope. Took pictures of it, submitted it for my class. <clears throat> Definitely did not get to have that displayed. Because <laughs> oh. my professor was like, we can't, <laughs> we can't hang that. But right. in experiencing this class uh-huh. and um, just taking photos and capturing people's emotions, I was like, you know what? I might have to do this again. And that was... That, that was it. That's what drew me into doing what I do now. Well, that's fascinating. I know um, so many people, it seems, uh, that who do jujitsu somehow have an artistic bent, it seems. Because, you know, you think about it, what we're doing is uh, body art in a way. Um, and so you're just doing a different form. You're capturing it in still images, which i got to wonder, that's got to be hard. I, I've My father takes... Uh, images uh, take used to take pictures all the time out in the national park so that stuff doesn't usually move you know a mountain kind of stays where it is but what is it like to get that skill and you know of of capturing motion what is the the nuance behind that like i honestly i'm really touched a lot of people assume that it's kind of easy so i really appreciate those comments um (laughs) i would say it was definitely a learning experience Mm -hmm. um when I first started, and of course, when you start something, you're never going to be that top level. Usually there's right, always outliers. Right. Um, but I look at my work now and it's so funny because I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, so for me, definitely it's it's difficult, um, mm-hmm. especially working tournaments where the lighting isn't good. Mm-hmm. Um, it can it can be a little bit more difficult at times because you're trying to make sure that that motion is captured. It's frozen. Mm-hmm. You don't want any of that motion blur. And at the same time, mm-hmm. you're working with those difficult lighting settings. But the longer I've done it, the better I've gotten, of course, just like any skill, just like jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's some really amazing photographers in this community who have been so helpful um, with helping me learn learn the ropes almost and mm-hmm. say like, Hey, these are good tips that I learned. These are good tips that'll help you make sure that you're taking the best photos that you can while keeping with my own style. Right. Of course. Of course. I know. Um, it's just fascinating because sometimes, you know, my only experience with photography or motion is watching y'all do it. And I'm like, sometimes I feel really scared for y'all because it's like, oh, my God, they're about to get crushed by like these two heavyweight black belts. You know, have you come close to anything like that happening or by we the grace have. of God, you've been I saying, have. oh, no, oh, no. Well, tell yes. us, tell us. When I, oh, my goodness. Okay, so I, one of the first tournaments I ever shot was a Naga in Mm -hmm. El Paso, Texas. Okay. And mind you, I'm really used to like IBJJF where you have to submit and like they give you permission to go in. Naga Mm -hmm. is like, oh, you show up with a camera and you're like good to go. Okay. So (laughs) I show up with my cute little gear and I'm sitting on the edge of the mat. And luckily there was a very kind Samaritan who was sitting next to me because my bad habit is once I'm shooting a match, like I'm into it. I'm looking through the viewfinder. I'm like, zero spatial awareness <laughs> so it's these two it's funny ultra heavyweights and both of them are judo black belts yep so sitting there 
one of the guys gets this great, and I wish I could remember what throw it was, but this amazing throw on the other guy. And I am sitting there like, yeah, this is going to be a great picture. Yeah. Luckily, there was someone sitting next to me who physically scooped me up like a baby and moved <laughs> me out of the way as this grown man would have literally landed directly on top of me. Oh, man. But imagine was, how good that shot would have been. That's what I was saying. I was like, first of all, don't interrupt the master while she's working. Second of all, if that guy had not been there, I'm sure my gear would have been crushed yeah. minimum. Not yeah. Katie. Katie will heal. The cameras, though, the cameras will not no, heal. No, no. That's a special kind of hurt. That random person that was sitting no. there that just... Gosh, goodness, goodness. I know it seems like, well, I mean, you had spatial awareness. You have to have the spatial awareness to compose the shot, but not outside of that sphere, you know. I get into like a bubble. It's it's really funny. The, the more experienced I've gotten, the more aware I am now of batches. But back then I was so just focused on making sure the settings were right and like mm-hmm. making sure I was getting where I wanted that just zero attention to what was actually going on Mm -hmm. and i know i i i I was at one of the events in baton rouge that you took pictures of and so i was going through and looking at all your your you know photos and it was just really great and you definitely have a unique style where um some of the matches that i've seen or the tournaments i've seen uh photographed people are really focusing on those big movements those big actions you know like what's going on in the match and you do a good job of zeroing in on people's faces and those emotions i noticed um and so that was just like really kind of i don't know cool can you explain um why that is your approach like those in-between moments that you capture because a lot of people don't so that's that's a really high compliment to me thank you i really appreciate that that's a super cool thing to say um i would say when i and i want to attribute this a lot to my journalistic background too okay i like to document the way that people feel Mm -hmm. um and don't get me wrong i am a sucker for a great like action shot just like anyone else's but i think that when you look back at these pictures, you want to feel the story of what was going on and nothing tells a story quite like your facial expressions. Mm. And so for me getting like when people win a match or sometimes I have clients that if they lose, they want the pictures of them losing too, because it's that feeling you get that really raw emotion. Mm-hmm. And so I'm delighted that that's what you see when you look at my photos. Cause that's the goal. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, like you want to, you want to feel what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Like some of the most notorious photos that I can think of the, the jujitsu pictures that I, I have in my mind's eye when I think of a great shot or that is that like facial expression and you get that really raw emotion. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like pull sweeps and stuff are great to have on there. But at the end of the day, you want to feel what they're feeling because that's what you as the viewer like to see as well. You want to feel you want to feel like you're in their shoes. You're celebrating the successes or you're mourning the losses right along with them. Right. And I think that just takes a an artistic eye for sure. I know, um, again, uh, I've mentioned it so many times on this podcast, but I'm an English teacher and I love reading and writing. And so those emotions, like that's why I think I gravitate towards your style. I like your style. It's like, ah, yes, yes. This is the artistic, you know, (laughs) connection for me. So I really, I appreciate that. Well, you are most certainly welcome. It it shines through. And I know, uh, you posted and I've kind of followed you. Uh, you got to shoot worlds. So tell me, what is that like? What's that application process like? Because like you put up on uh, and just uh, put up on your Instagram, but then you just kind of referenced, you can't just walk up with a camera onto the mat. So what is that whole journey like? Oh, my goodness. So this is personally really cool for me. 
Um, I had wanted to shoot worlds since I started taking jujitsu photos way back in the day. And part of that is like, it's, it feels like it's this huge thing. Like this is a daunting task to do. And there's a lot of people who apply every year and don't get in. Um, and so the application process for that is you have to be shooting either for a top 10 team or you shooting for a brand. Um, you can't go onto okay. the mat if you're not affiliate or a media company as well. So gotcha. like if you're shooting for Gracie mag, you're shooting for jits magazine, stuff like that, mm-hmm. or a brand or a top 10 team. Okay. And for me personally, I am not associated with a top 10 team. So that was kind of like, uh, um, and then I have some friends, but the jiu-jitsu photography community is really close. And so mm-hmm. I know who's shooting for what. And a lot of those vacant positions have been filled mm-hmm. by really amazing and high talent. So mm-hmm. it wasn't just, it wasn't just the fear of like not being excited. It was like, is there an opening at all? Right. And so I had a really great friend in at a GB Austin mm-hmm. who I had, we had chit chatted for. And he's like, I'd be more than help, happy to have you as our team photographer. And I, it was kind of one of those things where it had been brought up almost in passing. And mm-hmm. I messaged him and I was like, Hey, <laughs> world is coming up. Is this a possibility? Because on top of that, like, Finding time in my personal schedule was also kind of crazy because I'm going to school, getting my master's degree right now. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've, I'm really like, if will the stars align for this? Right. And I remember the deadline for the application. Um, usually you want to do it as soon as humanly possible, um, as far away from the date as possible, because you want to get in there sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. So the deadline is approaching. You you have to apply at least two weeks before and there's no applications past that cutoff date. So I'm sitting there and I'm like debating. I'm like, will I be able to make it? Will I have time? And finally I text him. I'm like, all right, like let's send it. Let's see if we can do it. Because at this point, even though I still technically had time, you can only have so many photographers on the map. Right. Um, There's just limited spaces regardless of who you're shooting for. Mm -hmm. He, I, I messaged him. I'm like, Hey man, is this a possibility? Can we do it? And he's like, let me see what I can do. So he like, so, so thankful to this awesome team had a lot of follow through to make sure that I could um, get, end up shooting this event. So mm-hmm. I remember I was on my way back from Denver shooting mm-hmm. the IBJJF out there. Yeah. And he messages me and he's like, Hey, guess what? And I was like, oh. I was getting ready. I was like, oh. I'm like, I know it's probably a no, like it's kind of late. I know there's a ton of photographers applying. He sends me the screenshot. That's my approval. Ah. And then like right after I get that, I get the actual approval email myself. Pull over my car because obviously you should not text and drive. Right. Have my little celebration moment. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. Like I'm going to Worlds. I'm going to be shooting Worlds Max side. Man. I had to book all my stuff immediately because I was like, these flights are going to be absolutely ridiculous because I'm so close to when I need to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ended up having a really good friend and his wife and one of her friends, uh, well, one of our mutual friends, mm-hmm. staying in an Airbnb and they had a vacancy pop up for me. So instead of having to spend crazy amounts of money on a hotel, we just split an Airbnb. Awesome. Like the stars truly aligned yeah. for this event for me. Absolutely. Um, so. Got the tickets, got the Airbnb sorted. I was like, now I just got to go myself. Last part of this, I got to go. So first day of Worlds, I'm so nervous. Mind you, I've shot quite a few events at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, But the scale of this event was just like nothing I'd ever experienced. And it's the first day. So it's not like crazy. It's not like it's like the black belts competing. 
but you're sitting and it's in the water pyramid Mm -hmm. um sitting and there's two rows of um bleachers Mm -hmm. on both sides and there's like teams cheering from one another there's people lining the sides and there's just like shouting going on and i took a second i felt definitely giving myself main character energy (laughs) literally just like just stood and just stared for a second like the gratitude I felt in my heart at that moment just to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it, it's just a, it's an experience unlike anything else. And like, I know the people competing are like, they feel the same way on it. But for me to be like working that event and being able to capture all of these cool and unique stories. Um, and then the first day of course is I want to say it was masters international. So that was the okay. first day that we were shooting. Um, and I'm like seeing these people that I recognize. They're saying hi to me. I'm running into people that I haven't seen in months. And again, like full teams, super cool. Then guess who gets strep throat? Oh no. No. This girl. So I shot the rest of worlds all four days. Um, super sick. Oh jeez. <laughs> but I was keeping my distance. And mm-hmm. once you're that it's not spreadable because it's past the date to when you can get other people sick. So really it was a will and testament to myself of Mm -hmm. like, can I continue to do this? Mm -hmm. And I did because it was not lost on me how amazing it was for me to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, And even though I was like deathly ill, I finally, Mm -hmm. a friend of mine who was there as well, stopped me. And he was like, if I don't see you finish a water bottle by the end of the day, like, we're oh, going to yeah. have some problems. So oh, yeah, you've got to be hydrated, especially if you've got strep, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. The hydrate and then eating like is mm-hmm. crazy. And then it's like, gosh, like 13 hour days every mm-hmm. single day. Cause you're up early, you're editing at nighttime as soon as you get back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had such a great group of people who were there making sure I was okay mm-hmm. and making sure that I was going to be able to do this. And so after the event, right, I'm on the flight home. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I just get these like, I get these like emotion dumps where I'm just like, I just did that. That is the thing mm-hmm. that just happened. So I'm trying to like stifle my like gross strep throat soundingness as the people sitting next to me on the airplane are sitting there. And I'm like, my eyes are watering. And this poor lady sitting next to me probably thought I was absolutely bonkers. And it was just because I was like sitting there and I was like, oh my goodness, like I, that was a bucket list thing I just got to check off. And that's so um, awesome. And that's so, I you. mean, not to say, you know, I, I'm assuming you're going to have years and years in your career, but so early in your career, you get to check something off. That's kind of cool. That's honestly, I felt the exact same. I was like, I am 22. And so for me to go and shoot this at 22 years old and mm-hmm. honestly to have built such a cool community of like people who want to see me succeed. That was another thing that like, as I was sitting there, I got home and I'm just like, this is so cool. Like I have so many people cheering me on right now. Mm -hmm. And that is for sure what helped me get through Saturday, which was Mm -hmm. the worst day Mm -hmm. of my sickness, man. I got back on Friday night, right? I'm sitting there. I sit on the edge of the bed. I have Mm -hmm. my camera bag on still. And I'm sitting on the edge of this Airbnb bed. Don't remember falling asleep. I wake up at 4 a.m. on Saturday. Oh, my goodness. C- clothes still on. Camera bag still on. I literally leaned over like a little turtle. Oh, my gosh. It was crazy. <laughs> but I, I, I would it. say you were tired. <laughs> so tired. Like, so, so tired. So I revived myself. Tried not to wake up anyone else because mm-hmm. um, one of my friends had to compete that day. 
Oh, yeah. I was like, I got to be quiet. Like, I want to make sure I don't bother anyone. Um, but made it, did mm-hmm. it, done, done, did it. And I'm just like so incredibly thankful for it. I'm hoping there are many, many more in the future. Mm-hmm. But being able to shoot my first one on the floor um, and just experiencing that energy yeah. was just like nothing I've ever experienced. Oh, I can imagine. I uh, I can only imagine how exciting that is. I've never been to actual worlds. I've been to Pans, Nogi Pans, um, and American Nationals, and those were just amazing events. And I can only imagine worlds is even bigger. You know, it but- was, it was definitely. Just, I, I wish I could find, it's so funny. I'm a mm-hmm. communications major and I'm having trouble finding the words for it. Have a communication um, breakdown, yes. <laughs> but yeah, it, I highly recommend going. Do you mm-hmm. also, do you compete as well? I, I compete quite a lot, yes, okay, I do. Okay, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I'm pretty sure I remember. Um, highly recommend competing. If you do, you let me know. We'll get a hookup, it'll be a good time. That, that'd be a great time, yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, but man, like, from my friends who compete as well, I just hear that it's a, a really cool experience of like everyone has like these dreams they're chasing. Mm-hmm. And so when you step onto the mat, I get to capture that, which feels like a privilege in myself. Like I get mm-hmm. to tell that story of people and then they get to live it out. So highly recommend it's it's unlike anything else, like unlike anything I've ever experienced. Oh yeah, the energy is electric for sure, for sure. And um I, I can tell you it seems like in the jujitsu community, it there's not a uh, a famine mentality or a scarcity mentality. And what I mean by that is everyone wants, unless you're competing against someone else, they want you to succeed, right? They want you. And it seems like, I, you know, in the female jujitsu community, everybody seems to want to build each other up. But then I would imagine even more so, like you were saying, in the photography community, everybody's wanting to build each other up because, you know, it, the art form itself elevates if everybody's trying to pull each other up. Uh, and I know that you also do some photography that is not uh, jujitsu related. Um, how off have you just started recently branching off into that after jujitsu or has it been coming up at the same time? I guess I should ask. So I would say, um, for your first point i love that statement that makes me so happy to hear you're exactly right with ladies jiu-jitsu i think that we have such a stellar women's community um that of just building each other up same same exact thing for photography um there have been i think i've only had a few like funky experiences with a few photographers but one thing that has been said really constantly in the photographer community is like a rising tide makes all boats float that's true and that's the way we look at it um which i i love that mentality there are as you get further into any industry, right, there's going to be people that don't want you to succeed because they're threatened by your successes. Um, and I was really scared when I got into this, it was going to be a similar thing. And it hasn't been. Um, again, like just a ton of great photographers. And then as far as what my adventures outside of the jiu-jitsu world go, that's actually before I really started getting into jiu-jitsu photography, I was re- it was recommended to me by a really um, stellar professor of mine to like just try out Try out what you can. Try out what you like. Um, Dr. Lacey Roberts at NMSU has been such an amazing, impactful person for me. Uh, Dr. Lacey Roberts and Shannon Norris have been both so supportive of what I do, of my photography. Um, And so it was recommended to me by both of them, like, hey, like, try out your wings. See what you like. And so I do 
occasionally do shoots on the side. Um, I've done a lot of brand work recently, which is really fun. Of course, it's jujitsu brand work, though. So I shouldn't say too far away from the jujitsu world. Um, but I like to do um, other short things for friends and family. Like mm-hmm. I just finished my sister-in-law's maternity shoot uh, yesterday, actually. And so mm-hmm. little yeah, things saw, like that. the story. Yeah. Cute. <sighs> So thrilled, so excited. Um, but definitely my heart lies with jujitsu photography. If I got to pick one thing that I do forever, for sure jujitsu photography. About to say, because there's never, I would think, I'm trying to think of the words to say here. Again, communication breakdown. Uh, you think about how jujitsu, you might think, oh, it's just a certain set of techniques. And, you know, how many times can you take a picture of it? Well, I mean, how many different people are out there in the world practicing? There's that many different ways of expressing it right so i would think it's always always exciting and challenging you know uh i i would have to think you know with each match you 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 shoot you're finding i don't know just maybe you're finding your own style of jujitsu being represented too i don't know have you seen that oh my goodness i love that you say that um my coaches and i laugh the unfortunate thing with life is there's always give and take Mm-hmm. And so because I've been traveling so much with my photography, I haven't been able to train as much in my home gym. Um, I miss them all the time when I travel, like I love them dearly. I always talk about them. I feel I feel like a fangirl sometimes because I love my team. They're amazing. Um, but my coach and I were laughing because we were rolling and he's like, where are you learning this stuff from? And I was like, listen, you cannot spend hours and hours shooting matches and then editing those matches and not pick up a few things. And like, mm-hmm. I really have seen my style. I, I like to say improve, but it's because I've been watching these amazing high level competitors mm-hmm. doing what they do and winning like goals, you know, all that stuff. Um, and I see it. I'm like, I think I could do that. Like, I think that could be applicable in my game. And so mm-hmm. that's a, you're 100% correct. I have added um, a lot of different things to my game because of jujitsu photography. And it's really cool. Cause I don't, there's very few people in this world that spend as much time watching jujitsu as jujitsu videographers and photographers. Mm-hmm. So um, it's definitely one of the benefits that I found of just like spending so much time is I get to see the way, especially people my size. Mm-hmm. I um, fight at 105 or 99 and under. Oh, you're so, teeny tiny. <laughs> teeny tiny. There's yeah. not a lot of ladies my size in my area. Um, but I get to go to events. And if it's like a 110 bracket, 115, mm-hmm. um, I get to see what they're doing that's making them successful. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the open weights. And it's like, that girl is my size. And she mm-hmm. just submitted someone like, you know, 180, 190. Mm-hmm. What is she doing that's making her successful? And I get to go home and I'm like looking at these pictures. And I'm like, okay, that's an interesting way to like to move your body or put your feet or put your hands like mm-hmm. the key placement it's it's been crazy and i'm so thankful i have the opportunity to sit there and like study as i edit that's really cool it's a uh... You know, I spend money on uh, jujitsu instructionals to kind of find things for me. But it's like you get to get get all that from firsthand watch and experience. That's so cool. Thank you. It's I I feel really lucky about it. It's definitely one of those things that's an added unforeseen benefit that mm -hmm. I've been like enjoying. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, learning through immersion. Yes, 100%. Yes. And of course, it's not the same as real world applicability. Like you right. still got to see these moves and try them out. But 
I get to hop into open mats and stuff while I travel too. And so mm-hmm. it's been really cool because of course that exposes me to a lot of different styles as well. Yeah. Uh, cool thing about being a photographer. Yes. Most gyms will have you in. Oh, that's <laughs> good. I've never been turned away from like an open mat or dropping into a class. Mm-hmm. And so I get to train with these very different styles and pick that up as well. And that's been another really cool benefit. Oh, for sure. I got to ask what, what, is your style in jujitsu we know your artistic style what's your jujitsu style so i like to say i'm definitely like a very bindi jujitsu girl i really like to flow Mm -hmm. um and definitely i try to stay as quick pace as possible just because getting stuck under people is my my nightmare (laughs) understood understood i'm in the 135 bracket so i'm not much bigger than you but yes understood super similar (laughs) yes um i have been trying to learn a lot of legs lately that's kind of been my thing um just because i i see that in competition mm-hmm. one of the best things that my coach ever told me um spencer was mm-hmm. what are they doing at the highest levels that are successful and mm-hmm. how can you put that into your game mm-hmm. and as of late i see a ton of people just working legs nonstop. Mm-hmm. and it's something that we do in our gym but it was definitely not something that i personally was like oh i'm gonna do this and so right now i've definitely been trying to um get my style to be more focused on the legs Okay. Well, that certainly makes sense. I know um, in my division, which is not too far up from yours, it's it's going back that way. It went to wrestling for a little bit and now it's going back. I'm, think, I'm thinking to myself, thank God I don't want to be rolling like I'm in the 190 bracket. Thank you. <laughs> if I had to pick like a style opposite to mine, mm-hmm. it's wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like wrestling for me is the bane of my jiu-jitsu and it's so good. The mm-hmm. most gnarly loss I ever had was to a 16-year-old who was a wrestler for her high school. And mind you, this is a white belt competition that I did. It was really not serious. Yeah. But I was a silly goose and was like, what if I try to wrestle with her? Like, what if I just try it out? No. That was a terrible idea. Yeah, about to say, <laughs> I, I, I'm in uh, my early 30s and they will sometimes, in different competitions, pair me with 18-year-olds. I'm like, there's there's a big difference between an 18-year-old and a 32-year-old. No, no, no. Yes. <laughs> they they just, still have all the cartilage. No. <laughs> they said, exactly. I was like, my knees. I should not have as many knee problems as I do right now. And I really do. Like, I can't. One more heel hook and I'm out. Like, listen. Oh, goodness. No, I'm gonna no, be- no. <laughs> Well, you're blue belt, so thankfully you can't get heel hooked. And I'm in the master's category, so in IBJJF, that's that's out for me unless I want to compete against these, you know, brown belt adult phenoms in the future. It's like, no, no, thank you. I like my body. I know. Like, I think I just can't afford an injury right now, you know? No, no. (laughs) I don't want to go uh, out of the country to get knee surgery. That's that's no bueno. No, no, I 100 percent. I'm in the exact same boat. (laughs) That's that's a hoot. That's that's. Oh, goodness. I know um, when I think about photography and I have a relative of mine who used to do photography and I remember some of the comments uh, she told me about from people taking pictures for the yearbooks and other folks. Well, man, I can just do that. It's just pointing and shooting. You know, they they discount your work and your art so much. I'm, I'm praying that you've not run into that. But have you run into people just minimizing the difficulty and the skill that it takes? I I think so. I, I definitely have to answer your question like flat out. Yes. Okay. Um, and I think it's because this is a mentality that I like to keep just in life in general is like, what you see on Instagram is the best of the best, right? Like Mm -hmm. what you're seeing on Instagram is what we are putting out there because we're like, this is top tier. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I like to think that most of my photography is like 90% amazing. Like mm-hmm. we love it. It is an A, it's like flat A. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stuff that I'm posting is about 110% of like my A pluses. Like these are my favorites. These are the best shots. And so when people see that, they assume that you just get that by just hitting a button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I did. I've actually had a few people tell me that exact statement. I'm like, well, you know, you're just sitting there clicking the button. And I always giggle to myself and I'm like, well, yes, you are clicking a button, but it's knowing the settings that you put in before you click the button. And mm-hmm. it's knowing the settings and the edits that you put in after the clicking the button. That's also 99% of the work. I wish I could just sit and shoot things and that would be it. Mm-hmm. Like taking the physical picture is my favorite part of it. Um, but I also take it with a grain of salt. I don't think anyone's ever told me that in a, like because they were trying to be rude, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's just a lack of education and what goes on behind it. Because again, what you see on Instagram is just like what we're putting out there. And that's what people are exposed to, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to all of the work that goes on behind the scenes. Right. Um, and I do appreciate the folks like you who see that and they're like, actually, I think there is more going on than just the button clicking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been a few folks that I've run into, just like with any other industry yeah. that, you know, take it past a certain degree where it's like, I'm feeling a little hostile. Like this is feeling a little hostile right now. There's no reason to be acting this way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's people who also either don't appreciate what we do or people who aren't willing to invest in what we do. Mm -hmm. And that's when you start getting those kind of like more hostile, more unkind words. And I again take it with a grain of salt. I'm like, listen, I understand that you don't understand and Mm -hmm. that's okay. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, for better, for worse, you know, these phones right here, I mean, you can shoot such stellar pictures on your phone, but in no way is it the same thing. You know, it's those, I I don't know everything about cameras. Once upon a time, long time ago, I was going to go to film school and do, you know, raw edits and stuff, but, uh, it's the amount of technology people now have at their fingertips. They think, oh, well, anybody can do that. Well, if anybody could do it, why aren't you doing it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I definitely have run into that a few times, too, of like I've had other people ask, oh, are you scared that cell phones are going to take over your job? Mm-hmm. And luckily, that's never been a fear of mine. Mm-hmm. I try to encourage everyone to take photos when they can with whatever they can. Mm-hmm. I think what makes a good photo, of course, you know, there's the technically good pictures and that's taken with the high level equipment and whatnot. Right. Um, but if you see something and you want to remember it for a long time, take a picture of it. It doesn't matter what you're taking a picture of it on. Um, but I do I do think that at a certain point, if you're at a certain level, especially if you want to sell photos or print photos, mm-hmm. you have to have that level of quality gear simply because there's like physical restraints. A picture mm-hmm. has to be a certain size in order to print correctly. Um, so I do say like take pictures of whatever you can. They're just not going to be professional. Um, I had a, I had a professional, a professor, excuse me, tell me like anyone can take pictures, but not everyone is a photographer. And Mm -hmm. I really like that. Like you're exactly right. You can take pictures and I support everyone taking photos, do what you want to do, capture those moments because you deserve to have the ability to look at those. Um, but a camera does not a professional make. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Um, and I think that mentality, if people could kind of get that through their head, it, it would be very, very helpful. And I remember um, 
<laughs> uh, getting ready for our, we got married during COVID. So we did another crazy thing like you did, started and trained secretly. I did too. You know, we had the tarps and stuff as well. We had the secret knock on the back door. Yeah. It felt like a speakeasy <laughs> during You're the really prohibition. <laughs> um, but just doing wedding photographers. And I think that might be why you may not you know, get as much hostility, but just talking to some people that I knew who were wedding photographers, the horror stories they were saying about just, you know, people not respecting the artwork. Uh, Cause it's not just the, the point and click and getting the settings. Like you said, it's that editing time after the fact of, I don't, I don't know how many hours go into that. I know it takes a long time uh, just from me grading papers, which is in no way, shape or form the same as editing photos, but that takes time. And I know how annoyed I get when a kid, after they turn in a, a paper says, Hey, have you graded that yet? I have had it for 12 hours. No, sir. I have not. <laughs> I, oh my goodness. Weddings are a different beast. I yeah. shot three. I've shot three weddings in my time. I God don't like doing you. them. God bless you. It's, it's <laughs> so much time. And the thing is like, with jujitsu photography, there is the pressure because you want to get the submission. Cause when people buy photos, it's the submission photos, it's the arm raised photos. And it's the really cool. I like to call them like hero shots of when mm-hmm. I'm really low angle and they're like looking off in the distance. That's, those are my most popular photos. Right. Um, but if I miss the submission for whatever reason, they're still going to get a ton of really cool photos and it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. With weddings, you miss the first kiss, and it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um. So, man, wedding photography, like, shout out to all the wedding photographers out there. I did it for some close family friends because, obviously, like, it's my family. I'm not going to say no. Um, but the time and effort going into editing that, like, you're exactly right. It is – it's more – in my personal experience, it's been more than jujitsu because you're editing not just the picture itself but the people in it. Jiu-jitsu, people expect okay. to look like themselves. Okay. Um, in wedding photos, we have perfect skin. We have like, like sh- bright and shiny eyes, perfect teeth. Um, no hairs are out of place. That like you're just mm-hmm. so specifically editing, um, and you're precisely right with people hounding about deadlines. Oh my goodness! I had an athlete one time mm-hmm. um, get off of the mat and then text me and be like, so like, can I have one or two photos? I'm like, sir, I'm standing right next to you. Like I clearly have my camera in my hand. The only reason I got your text message is it popped up. (laughs) On your watch, yeah. I will not be able to get you your picture right now. I'm Mm -hmm. shooting a match. (laughs) And again, it's it's a give and take. I appreciate that people want to purchase photos from me and want Mm -hmm. to purchase dedicated coverage. I usually try to get people at least one or two to post like day Mm -hmm. after you know, those like quick little edits. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, I definitely have people. And again, I look at it as a place of just not knowing. Because um, mm-hmm. it's not just the taking pictures in the camera. There's the uploading onto your computer. Then there's the editing. There's the getting it in and out of the software you're editing in. And then mm-hmm. the worst part is you are up to the mercy of the Wi-Fi of wherever you're staying in. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, like if I have clients that I hire out, I deliver them high resolution photos. Um, right. They have downloadable sizes that they can do. So if they want to post directly to Instagram, mm-hmm. they can download an Instagram size photo. So mm-hmm. it's going to post the correct size. Um, so it's not grainy and it'll post quickly. Mm-hmm. But I upload everything high res. So if they wanted to print or, you know, they wanted to do something else that they have that ability as well. Mm-hmm. High resolution photos are huge. And so dealing with the internet, especially at like 
less expensive hotels or less expensive Airbnbs, wild. Like yeah. definitely the one thing that if I could magically wave a wand, that's what I would fix everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, about to say, yeah, I know. Um, uh, just <laughs> I'm, I'm just making connections as best as I can of I I used to play online video games. And so if you had a very slow internet connection, oh, that that's the difference between you living and dying. And so, but it takes... I also used to online games, so don't worry, we're in the same boat. It's the exact same thing. I got I got I got people like yelling at you on the mic that are like, where did you get it? And they're like doing call outs who are like, I can only kind of hear what you're saying right now and you're giving me a lot of stress like clearly i'm not going to perform well same exact thing same exact boat i love it. Well, now i gotta ask what games did you play so totally i used to play this is i used to play a lot of call of duty okay. Okay. <laughs> back in the day i don't online game anymore unfortunately yeah. i just like yeah, the time is crazy but all-time favorite video game is either the first or second halo Okay. Or Doom 2016, okay. which really surprises people. Doom is literally, I don't know why I enjoyed it as much as I did, but it was so much fun. I was in that era of video games where you mm-hmm. didn't have to pay to play repeatedly. So yeah. you didn't have to like worry about crazy expensive loot boxes. Yeah. Um, I, gosh, I prestiged in Black Ops 2, I want to say, one summer, like four or five times. It was crazy. Okay. I was really, okay. really, <laughs> really into gaming. And now like... The skill discrepancy too. Mm-hmm. Like I get embarrassed if I go online and I'm like playing with twelve year olds and they're over here just oh, like Oh, they're vicious. They are. I'm like, <laughs> you don't know my mom, please stop. Keep my mom's name out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I never got into the shooters. I don't have I don't have a steady hand. So I, I, I never got into the shooters. I played I was a, a beta tester for Elder Scrolls Online. I, <laughs> okay. I Yeah, so I do the the fantasy games. That's why I do I like I, it. Yeah, so I really got into um gosh, what is it called? It's like Skyrim, but it's not Skyrim. It's um yes, gosh, it's uh, not- Dragon Age. Dragon Age, yes. Dragon Age, yes. yes. I finished, gosh, I finished Dragon Age Inquisition, I want to say in like a week. I oh, got yeah. so into it. I was just sitting there just full Love playthrough. It. Yeah, I, and then I remember. Um, Skyrim? Animal Crossing. Oh, okay, okay. About to say Skyrim. I remember when I was in college many, many moons ago. Um, I sat down. It's like, oh, I'll just play till I get tired. And the sun had been setting. I was like, oh, I'm a little tired. The sun was coming up. So it's just, yeah, I don't have the time to do that anymore, uh, teaching and stuff. So I can't really do that. <laughs> so. It's one of those things, you know, give and take. I mm-hmm. switched my gaming for my jujitsu. There you go. Absolutely. And so I think that's a, a great uh, for people wanting to find something if they really like video games and like problem solving. I It always seems that the nerds, you know, do the best in jujitsu because it is so analytical and strategy based. I would I completely agree. I think I, I know this is such a cliche thing to compare jujitsu to chess, but that's such an accurate to me, I guess personally with my experience, I think that's such an accurate like comparison mm-hmm. because you have to be able to think on your feet because you mm-hmm. don't know what that other person's game is going to be. You don't, you know what works for you. Right. And when I'm rolling, and this might just be a blue belt thing, so take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> but when I'm rolling, like I sit and I'm like, okay, these are the things that I know are going to work for me. 
Mm-hmm. Are they going to be applicable with this person? Like my number one submission by landslide is triangles. Like I hit triangles on everybody, mm-hmm. but there is a certain size of person that I just can't <laughs> fit my legs around, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so then it's that like, all right, how am I going to keep from not getting stuck under them? And what things are going to work with someone my size? And so mm-hmm. I think that you, if you don't have the ability to think on your feet like that, Mm-hmm. You're going to have to approach jujitsu in a different way mm-hmm. um, because it's going to be a lot harder to be able to work through roles like that. Um, what blows my mind, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, I have people I know who have never live rolled before, which I thought was wild. I was like, I don't know how how you're doing this without live rolling. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, the the particular gym that they were training at, which is not my home gym, mm-hmm. um, but the particular gym that they were training at was like, well, if you don't feel comfortable rolling, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I was like, Personally, if I want to get something down, I need to like physically apply it. Right. Um, and so that, I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. Have you ever experienced or um, talked to someone with that well, experience? I have, I have talked to um, some, uh, Anna Perkle was on the podcast and we kind of talked about how some people surviving trauma and going through and those instances may not feel comfortable live rolling, but even, you know, in talking with that, it's you're working to get there. Um, right. I've not run into people who personally who have not, but I know that there have been some people who are working through different traumas that right. they may not want to roll with men or they may need, you know, space and time and then eventually approach, but no, not ever not rolling at all. No, I've yeah. not heard that. So I thought, I thought it was interesting. And like, if you're successful at jujitsu and you have a certain path to get there, then like more power to you. I also know a few ladies who are particular with who they roll with, mm-hmm. um, which is totally understandable. But yeah, I thought it was interesting that it was like, I just don't roll. It's like, mm-hmm. well, more power to you, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I would think that if you want to get better at jujitsu, you know, sometimes, you know, I kind of liken jujitsu to, you know, trying to swim in the deep end, like on day one, you know, and you may feel like you're drowning, but somebody's going to come and help you up. But right. you, know, you eventually have to learn to swim. You know, the only way you can learn to swim, you can read books on it. You can do the, you know, miming it on the, <laughs> on the land as best you can. But until you actually are in that water and it's actually, it's water, you're going to either swim or drown. You don't really know if you know how to do it. Um, I completely agree. I think that like many things in this life that are based on physical, you know, like physical ability, you, you got to at least do it a few times physically mm-hmm. in order to know if you're going to be successful at it or not. Um, I think that it's very reasonable to say no to roles. I know that that's oh, yeah. a, a, and that was a hot topic. I didn't know that was a hot topic. I thought yeah. that was just a thing that people did. Um, I have been encouraged by lots of people to say no, because you and I are petite ladies. Mm-hmm. And like, if there's, if there's someone that's, you know, such a, if there's a, such a crazy high difference or weight difference or mm-hmm. skill discrepancy that it's going to be dangerous. Right. Um, it makes sense to say no, but apparently that's not a thing that that some people do, which I thought was interesting too. Yeah, and I know that it was a, a it's a, a big thing, and I know it's still a big thing at some gyms that if a senior belt asks you to roll, you roll, you don't question. Um, and so my gym that I originally was at and the one that I'm at now, we did not have that mentality. Um, especially, uh, I know the most dangerous thing on the mat: white belt teenagers, males. <laughs> 
they are dangerous because uh, especially for females because they don't want to get submitted by a girl and so i uh, i always will be very hesitant to roll with the new white belt guys i'm like i want to know if you're sane and stable before we go but uh the white belt creature is the most dangerous beast because they don't know anything. One hundred percent. Like I, everyone had their cringy white belt phase. I definitely did. I thought that I escaped it, and then I look back at videos of me rolling as a white belt, and I'm like, woo! And I'm sure, like ten years down the road, when I'm looking at my blue belt rolling videos, I'm gonna have the exact same reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are definitely I have for sure and it's an unfortunate reality that i've definitely experienced a few of those ego roles Mm -hmm. and that was kind of a big thing for me is like i don't want to get injured Mm -hmm. and me i there was a role i actually had and it's interesting that you say white belt teenager he was 17 um and he was a white belt Mm -hmm. and he just did not want to lose to me he didn't want to lose to a lady he definitely didn't want to lose to a small lady yeah and typically if I match energies with someone and we have a good pace, it'll stay at that pace, right? Right. Well, he kept building. And finally, I actually just stopped like three quarters of the way through the timer. And I was like, listen, man, I don't mean to sound rude, but I was like, I am not feeling comfortable with this role right now. I was like, you were going too hard. He was also probably about like 180. So mm-hmm. much bigger than me. I was like, not feeling comfortable with this role right now. I was mm-hmm. like, we can either flow but I was like, you keep intensifying and it's making me feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of stops and he's like, oh, okay. And I can appreciate that. I think maybe no one had ever kind of told him mm-hmm. that before or informed him like, hey, you've got to kind of watch out. I think he was used to going just like full tilt with anyone with color on their belts. Right. And I was like, listen, I feel confident in my jujitsu skills, mm-hmm. but the size discrepancy is there. And there's things that you're doing that are just putting me in harm's way. And so to, to benefit him, I think that it was a learning experience for the both of us mm-hmm. because at this point, um, gosh, it was right after I got my blue belt. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, I didn't really say no to people. I was like, nah, like I'll just roll with anyone. That was mm-hmm. my blue belt epiphany is like, mm-hmm. It's okay to say no. And I I really credit him because I think he took a second to realize like, hey, I was not trying to take his head off. There was not a reason right. for him to be trying to take my head off, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And I think that's, like you said, it's a blue belt epiphany. I think, you know, it's also just an in-life epiphany too, just learning to voice, hey, this is what I'm needing out of this. You're up here. I'm down here. We, we need to meet somewhere in the middle, you know? <laughs> So and that's that can be a hard thing to do. And I'm glad that you're learning that at Blue Belt and not, you know, shoot, you know, at Brown or something or later. And then you have 10,000 injuries or something. You know, it's not taking an injury for you to learn it, because um, unfortunately, uh, sometimes, you know, we'll put ourselves in situations because we don't want to be mean. We don't want to be jerks. And next thing you know, hi, here's a $10,000 hospital bill. <laughs> well, yeah, I was like, I kind of sat down and I thought about it and I was like, dang, like, First of all, the photography thing, I was kind of picking mm-hmm. up with my photography and I was like, I can't break my wrists. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not an option. I, my job at New Mexico State is like a lot of typing, mm-hmm. <laughs> got to have functional hands. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not an option. My life and me being able to pay for my life depends upon the usage of my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard because I think especially as ladies, we sit here and we're like, well, it's almost a point of pride sometimes. Where it's like, I, I can hang. I can hang with the boys. Mm-hmm. And finally, I was like, the only person who's being hard on me right now is myself. Mm-hmm. And 
that's not going to help me pay any medical bills. And so kind of understanding that and realizing that people supported me staying safe as well Mm -hmm. was so important. Um, Because again, like it's kind of scary because as a smaller lady, it's like, are people going to judge me if I don't roll with this person? Like, am I going to seem rude or mean? And I was like, you know, five Mm -hmm. seconds of hurt feelings is worth like so much more than a 10 day stay in the hospital. And also most people understand. And that's a big thing too, is like most people get it. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you don't get it, Maybe you're I'm the problem. sure you might roll with someone who puts you in a similar situation than you might understand later. So mm-hmm. overall, I'm I'm grateful that we have a community now that's learning to support ladies and meet us like where we're at, as opposed mm-hmm. to being like, nah, you have to be going a thousand percent at all times and you can't say no to roles. Like, mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're not at that level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's not healthy and it's certainly not sustainable. Exactly. Uh, for sure. Um, I know we have a guy at our gym that even our big big boys, they, they can't move him. He's just, he's that big and that stout that, you know, I told him, man, if you were to come up to me in a dark alley, I I would have to pull out more than jujitsu. He said, well, guys, my size know how to be nice and respectable to women. I said, well, thank God. Cause if they weren't, (laughs) no, like (laughs) there is such thing in life as like equalizers. I'm like, listen, Mm -hmm. if I get attacked by someone who's 220, I am not going to pull guard on them. No. Like, I promise you, that's not, I'm not going to try to wrestle with someone that size. Like, it always cracks me up when that's like the first thing people say is like, whoa, what if it's like a big, strong man? I'm like, listen, I'm not going to butt scoot towards a big, strong man who might be attacking me. Thank you. Appreciate it. But that's going to be a no for me. Yeah. We, we're about to say on the streets, there's a lot of ripping and pulling, you know, that's not allowed, you know. 100%. And uh, about to say, because, I think about the absolute divisions that you've probably, you know, taken pictures of in uh, the black belt divisions or upper belt divisions that at a certain point when there is such a size discrepancy, you know, you you think about that happening on the street. What would that smaller person be doing realistically? You know, and we love watching those highlights and those matches. But if, you know, it is such a size discrepancy, jujitsu is great. Always have that. But know that if you're really fighting for your life, there are other tools at your disposal as well. Right. 100%. Yes. So any, uh, I don't want to keep you too long. I know that it's getting to dinner time and I've got jujitsu myself. So are there any big events that are coming on the horizon for you that, uh, you'd like to share? I am super excited. I will be shooting, um, ADCC in Phoenix and also the IBJJF in Phoenix, um, back to back, which is really funny. Um, so super excited for that. Hopefully I have a few other tournaments, um, bullpen submission series. I'm the, the main photographer for that. So super mm-hmm. cool. Uh, and that one's out in Tucson. I'm going to be in Arizona a lot. So yeah. pray for your girl that I don't melt. Yes. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but I want to say a huge thank you. I know this is really funny, but it is always, I've been telling my professors for a hot minute, like my dream has always been to be asked to be on someone's podcast to talk about what I do. And you were the first. So that was really cool. Awesome. When I got your message, I was like, I would love this. Like there is nothing more on this planet. I would love more than that. So well, I really appreciate that. It means a ton to me. Um, if for whatever reason, whoever's listening isn't following already. My Instagram is kpettyphotography. Super easy peasy to find. Um, and I, again, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, it means a ton to me. Well, thank you for agreeing to be on. And I am just excited to see you continue your photography journey and uh, your jujitsu journey in general as well. So thank you for coming on. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, have a great rest of your day. You as well. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.